Conesty, how are ye? Welcome to the Candlelit Tales podcast and this series of stories for the dark. In this episode, we have a guest storyteller, Daniel Allison. Daniel is a USA Today best-selling author, oral storyteller and podcaster from Scotland. He's the author of Scottish Myths and Legends, Fiona the Fianna and The Shattering Sea. Daniel's House of Legends podcast has been downloaded over 100,000 times, while his Roundhouse Storytelling School provides a unique online training platform for emerging storytellers throughout the world. You will find links to Daniel's work in our show notes. And this podcast is brought to you by our supporters at Patreon. You can join them over at patreon.com forward slash tales or make a one-time donation to the PayPal button on our website. Daniel is sharing a story called Black, Brown and Grey. So for now, Daniel, tell us a story. The peak of a mountain. The shores of the sea. A deep cave. Midsummer. Midwinter. These are places and times where worlds meet. And where worlds meet, there is often a gap that ill winds can slip through. It was Samhain, the night on which the old year meets the new. After our summer of hunting and fighting... Fionn and a band of Fianna had gathered at Fionn's Hall in Glen Lyon and Alba, where all winter long they would delight in feasting, song and story. The sun was setting, russet leaves were falling from the trees and men and their hounds were arriving. The men greeted one another, took horns of ale in hand and gleefully awaited the start of the feasting. Fionn was pleased by this sight, but before the feast could start, he wanted to be sure that they were safe. He had not forgotten the fairy man who used to burn down the feasting hall at Tara each Samhain Eve. So he called Bran, his hound, to his side and went out to check that nothing strange was afoot in the woods. Whispering winds stirred the last leaves as Fionn and Bran passed through the autumn forest. Fionn looked around, Bran sniffed the air and all seemed well to them. They were about to turn for home when they saw, standing on the far bank of a stream, three men. The men crossed the stream and came to stand before Fionn and Bran. One of them was dressed entirely in black. He had black hair, black eyes, a black beard, and he wore a black sword at his hip. The second of them was brown in all the ways the first one was black, and the third of them was grey in all the ways the second was brown. Greetings, said Fionn, and they returned his greeting. He asked them their names, and they gave them as black, brown, and grey. Why are you here? asked Fionn. We are here, replied Black, because we heard that you would be here. We are admirers of yours, Fionn. After so many nights spent telling your tales around the fire, we decided to seek you out and ask if we might serve you. You're generous, said Fionn, and as it happens, I do have need of service tonight. The Fianna are gathered for a feast. Since tonight is Samhain, I would charge a few men with keeping watch. If you three would keep watch so that all my men may enjoy the feasting, I would consider it a great favour. It is done, said Black. Sophion took his axe from his belt. He chopped a nearby fallen log into three pieces and bade each of them keep watch for as long as it took their log to burn. Bran will stay with you, he said and departed. Black, brown, and grey made their camp in that spot, and soon the sky was dark and Black's log was burning. 
I think I'll go and have a look around, said Black. He made a torch from the flames of the fire, and as his companions set cooking a meal, Black and Bran rose and went out into the dark woods. They walked here and there through the glen, walking upon a thick carpet of fallen leaves. They saw nothing strange and were about to turn back when Black saw pinpricks of firelight in the distance, as if there were a house that way. I have passed this way before, he said to Bran, and I do not remember there being a house there. So they went to investigate. Soon they made out the shape of a hall. The doors were open and the sounds of feasting could be heard from within. Black and Bran entered the hall. It was filled with beings from beyond this world. Cat-headed men conversed with wolf-headed women. Creatures with eyes in their stomachs danced with people who carried their hearts and their brains in their hands. Tiny old men played by the fires, while giant fat children nodded in chairs, and at the head of the gathering sat a two-headed, black-bearded giant. Black stood in the doorway, taking it all in, and he soon noticed that there was only a single cup to be seen among the company, and this he thought stranger than anything else. The cup, he noticed, was being passed around. Each reveller would take the cup and drink from it until it appeared to be drained, before passing it to another who would do the same. Soon the cup came to black. He looked within and saw that it was full. He drank, wherever the liquid was, and it was sweet. He emptied the cup and watched as it refilled itself, ready to be passed on. Black looked around. No one was watching him. He looked at Bran. She seemed to understand his intent. They turned and ran, hurtling through the woods all the way to their camp. Your turn, Brown, said Black, appearing out of the shadows and giving his companion a kick. Brown yawned, stood and wrapped his cloak about him. Taking a torch from the fire, he set off into the woods with Bran beside him. Brown and Bran wandered through the woods of Glen Lyon. They saw nothing strange and were about to turn back when Brown spied pinpricks of firelight in the distance, as if there were a house that way. I've been this way before, he said to Bran, and I do not remember there being a house there. So they went to investigate. They came to the same house, but Brown did not hear the sounds of feasting. He heard, coming from within, the sounds of fighting. And so with sword in hand, he approached the doors and peered in. He saw the same strange company, but there was no celebration afoot now. Everyone was shouting and pointing, every eye was wide with rage. A brawl seemed about to erupt when a gargantuan voice bellowed, Stop! All fell silent. Brown and Bran slipped inside as the two-headed, black-bearded giant rose and addressed the company. You dishonour my hall with your quarrelling. The cup is gone, said a voice. We cannot feast without it. That's because you took it. No, you took it. No, you. Stop, said the giant, his mouths moving as one. Whoever took the cup, we do not need it. I have something better. He raised his fist, which held a knife. 
Before anyone could ask what was so special about it, he took a bone in his other hand and scraped the knife against the bone. As he did so, meat appeared on the bare bone and fell from there to his plate. The feasters roared with delight. Musicians struck up, dancing began, and the knife was passed around. Meat slammed down on the tables, and soon the knife came to Brown. He gave Bran a look. Bran knew what it meant. They turned and ran. Wake up, Grey. Time for your watch. (sighs) Grey stirred himself from sleep as Brown made himself comfortable by the fire. Soon Grey and Bran were walking through the woods, Grey shivering under his cloak. They crossed the glen. They soon saw lights where Grey expected to see none. We'd best take a look at this, Bran, said Grey. Bran whined, which surprised Grey, for Fionn's favourite hound was said to be fearless. They reached the hall. Firelight spilled through the doors. Yet it was silent. Grey and Bran stepped through the doors and looked around in horror. The hall was full of corpses, torn and bloodied. Grey walks the length of the hall, ignoring Bran's increasingly loud whines. At the end of the hall, he stopped and stared at the body of the two-headed giant. And then Bran's whining turned to yelping and then stopped. As it stopped, Grey came to his senses. He looked into Bran's eyes and understood what she was telling him. Something was coming. A wind blew through the hall. Grey had never felt such a wind, but he knew what it was. It was a wind from the other world, blowing in through the crack between the worlds that is Samhain, and a being from a far, dark place rode upon it. He heard a shuffling from the darkness outside the hall and a sniffing. Grey and Bran dropped to the ground. They buried themselves among the corpses and pretended to be dead. And through unblinking eyes, Grey watched their visitor enter. She was an old woman, as old as time itself. Her skin was blue and grey, her hair was matted cobwebs. She wore no clothes and had only one eye, one arm and one leg. A giant fang extended from her mouth to the ground and she walked using her fang as a crutch. Sniffing the air, she grinned. Slamming her fang into the floor, she moved forward, fell upon the first corpse and began to feed. Grey watched as she ripped and tore and guzzled on eye and tongue, heart and hamstring until not a bone remained of the cat-headed man she had dined on. Fattened from her feast, the hag moved into the hall. Onward she went, eating with a speed and appetite that seemed only to increase. Her stomach grew and bulged until she was the largest and fattest thing Grey had ever seen and she had to drag herself across the floor to the next corpse, her fangs sinking deep into the earthen floor. All the time she was drawing closer to Grey and Bran. She reached the corpses that covered them. She set to work, biting and tearing and crunching until Grey and Bran lay uncovered before her. The old woman threw back her head. Her raised fang gleamed in the firelight. 
Gray and Bran tense themselves, ready to leap aside. The old woman fell asleep. She was so full that she could stay awake no longer. As Grey and Bran leapt away, she collapsed, her fang thudding into the ground where Bran's head had lain a moment before. Grey and Bran ran from the house, but Grey stopped at the entrance and turned back. It is not my way to kill a sleeping enemy, he said to Bran, but I will kill her. So he walked back through the house, drew his grey sword, and with a two-handed swing he sliced the old woman open from throat to stomach. A torrent of foul fluid erupted from the wound, and three men leapt out from her chest, each landed with a roar and with his sword drawn. One was blue beneath the blood and bile. His clothes, his hair, his sword were blue. The second man was green, and the third was red. The blue warrior roared again and charged at Grey. Grey recovered from his surprise, swung his sword, and fought with the blue warrior, soon striking him down. Bran leapt at the green man, tearing out his throat, and when the red warrior saw this, he turned and ran. Grey let him go. As the sun rose, Grey returned to camp. He and his companions made their breakfast and told their tales until Fionn appeared. How passed the night? asked Fionn. They told him how it had passed. This cup of plenty I give to you, said Black, after Grey had told the final part of the tale. He gave Fionn the cup, and likewise Brown gave Fionn the knife. Grey had nothing to give. I thank you all, said Fionn, and if you ever wish to take the trials to join us, I would be glad of it. I must say one thing, though. He looked at Grey. I do wish you hadn't let that red warrior go. I have a feeling that he and I will meet one day, and that I will be the worse for it. And so ends our tale. For Fionn and that red warrior did meet some while later, but that is a tale for another time. This podcast was produced and edited by Oshin Ryan. You can find out more about us on our website, candlelittales.ie. And we're on all social media, so like and follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at Candlelittales or send us a message or get onto our mailing list. For more videos and live streams, like and subscribe to our Candlelit Tales YouTube channel, which now has a Candlelit Tales for Kids playlist. Hashtag Candlelittletales. Liking and subscribing to our channel really helps us grow and get to more people. And if you're able to give us more direct support, you can chip in a few bob at patreon.com forward slash Candlelittales or make a one-time donation through the PayPal button on our website. We also do really like to hear back from you with your questions and requests, so please feel free to contact us directly or leave your question in the comments section below because what we really want to do is get these stories out there, share them with as many people as possible, so anything you can do to help, we really appreciate. And we really appreciate you listening. Good meal,